Live from the Motor City, all the way to the Volunteer State, it's time for the Reckless Speculation Podcast, where we recklessly speculate the latest news in the world of sports, from college football to NASCAR. We've got you covered. And don't forget to stick around for the world-famous Bet Your Nuts, where we will give you your best bets to make the most money. Now sit back, grab your favorite drink of choice, and join Robbie Davis, Raj Mehta, Brandon Chain, and Tom Sloan. It's showtime! Welcome, everyone, to Reckless Speculation. It is October the 18th. We are in the first kind of quarter, if you will, of football season, maybe early first half, and a lot has gone on. And so we are going to walk you through here on College Football Show tonight. Um, Before we get started, uh, as always, please like, subscribe, follow our podcast we have uh reckless speculation podcast on facebook at reckless spec one on twitter or x reckless speculation pod one on tiktok and reckless speculation on youtube so please like subscribe and follow um we are brought to you by our advertisers uh a law firm that's near and dear to my heart davis kessler and davis that will handle any of your personal injury cases or your criminal defense. Hey, everyone can make a mistake and you can end up arrested or having one too many drinks at the bar. Please don't drink and drive. But if you do call us, um, and we are in the other atmosphere. If you have too much money and you want to spend it, uh, C and W construction, they handle everything from patios to outdoor areas to full builds to remodels. Anything you can dream, they can build it. And that's CNW Construction. Um, so now that that's out of the way, let's get real. Let's introduce our team. Tonight with us, we're missing one person, but that's okay. Some people can't hang after a football weekend. But with us tonight, we have Brandon Chain. How's it going, buddy? Hey, it's going well, man. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Lot and then, lot. I'm oh, excited. Yeah, and then we have Tom Sloan, the mastermind of all these graphics. <laughs> I couldn't do it without your help, guys. I I, I do appreciate that. Um, well, thanks for being on tonight, guys. Uh, I have the honor of hosting tonight. We know, as people know, we we switched around um, tonight. We're talking college football, and more specifically, as the NFL goes to London, as the NFL has more uh, Cowboys fans in L.A. than they have Chargers fans, let's talk about college football atmospheres. Get it right off the gate. Tom, you finally met, well, one, talk about meeting Raj, and then talk about the atmosphere in South Bend. Well, yeah, so Raj and I were both in South Bend for uh, the USC Notre Dame game and in typical Raj fashion uh, it was kind of playing text tag for the first uh, several hours of the tailgate. We'll say he had some issues coming in from Chicago, but uh, about a half an hour before we 
we're getting ready to go into the stadium. Um, him and his buddies showed up. So right there on the left. And uh, I, I couldn't believe how tall he was. I was shocked. <laughs> like, God, oh, man, you're, you're tall. It's either you're super tall or I'm a uh, borderline uh, dwarfism here. But uh, uh, so it was really cool to finally meet him. And uh, we had a drink together and took this picture right before we went in. And uh, but the atmosphere all in all, I, this was my third time to South Bend. And the one thing I, I could say is that it, it wasn't really, it hasn't been really a, a very raucous crowd in the, the previous two experiences I had. Um, the fans were kind of like Michigan fans. They, they sit on their hands for a lot of, a lot of the game. But um, Saturday was was different. Uh, right off the rip, those fans were were they were ready and they were pumped and they were, they were loud. And um, I went with uh, my brother-in-law, Bill, who's a Notre Dame grad. So he was, he was all fired up. And uh, so it was cool to see his excitement, but uh, all in all, the, the atmosphere was great. Uh, Notre Dame fans are always uh, pleasant uh, to be around. So we had a good time at the tailgate. That, that's next level tailgate at Notre Dame. I it's, 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 out of this world what they put together but um uh it, it was it was a good time and i didn't expect the result i was actually hoping for more of a, a, a competitive game but that notre dame defense was just uh they were they were playing out of their mind and uh just shut down caleb williams and single-handedly eliminated him from any talks of a heisman so uh, but those fans were loud, and and I was glad to be a part of it. Uh, the weather finally held up. It's pretty chilly. It was windy and, and drizzle most of the day, but right before kickoff, the the wind kind of died down and the the rain stopped, and it made a, a fairly pleasant night. So I mean, it it was fun. Uh, and about the fourth quarter, I looked back, and all all of Raj's buddies were like sitting literally six rows behind us. I didn't see Raj. I could only imagine he was already uh, um, on his way back to yeah. Chicago. But so uh, before, and we're going to talk more about Caleb Williams later in the show. Yeah. But true or false? Did you tell Raj the game was on Friday to get him there on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> no, but we were. You know, I was texting him like Thursday, Friday. I'm like, hey, what's the plan? What are we doing here? And um, Cause we were set up for a tailgate and it had like all you could eat and drink, you know, all covered. And, and, uh, it was very sporadic. I got a text message at about, Oh, it was probably 1030 said, um, he, they got off the train in Gary, Indiana. They were now on a, on a bus and he was sober and he didn't know. Gary, Indiana is an interesting place to get off. The yes. Train. And, and my text back to him yes. were, was Gary, Indiana. I go, what are you, fans of the jackson five but uh <laughs> apparently they had some issues on the track so they had to unload the train onto a bus then they got them back onto the train and then it still had issues so they were late getting in but um yeah there I, I i at one point i just took a picture of the gate we were in front of i'm like we're here yeah if you want to join but uh yeah he made it so um so, so tom and Roger were in south bend i was in Knoxville over the weekend. Uh, A&M's first trip to Knoxville since they've been in the SEC. Uh, I'll tell you what. 
A&M is probably the most organized fan base I've ever seen. They uh, they came. They 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 did a good good thing in Knoxville, uh, but it was checkered board Neyland. Um, it it's it's just an aw- awesome atmosphere. College football. It's at, you know near the top of the best right there. Like just Rocky Top blaring every first down. Checkerboard Neyland. Um, every A and M fan that I ran into enjoyed it was impressed uh i've been to the 12th man uh kyle field i even saw on some reddit today some a&m fans were mad that their kids were uh turned out to be ball fans after the weekend brandon as, as you you were at home this weekend uh looking at both the notre dame atmosphere the knoxville atmosphere and even washington you know washington had a big game we're gonna talk about that in a second what I mean, what, what do you make, especially when you compare and contrast NFL? What is your takeaway? You're just sitting there watching it on TV this weekend. Yeah, that, that's one thing college does so well. Uh, it, they get up for these big games and these big matchups, and and the fans show up, uh, and the atmospheres are just crazy. Uh, I've been to several college games, uh, kneeling as well, and atmosphere is just. 10 times what it is in NFL. Like you just don't, unless it's a playoff game or something in the NFL and you get home field advantage, you, and, and we're Titans fans. So even home field advantage, we might have 60, 40 uh, <laughs> fan base there. So it just doesn't feel like a college game and college. Th- that's always been the biggest thing. Their stadiums one, they hold more people for the most part. And then just the atmosphere and the coordination like doing a checkered or a whiteout or, you know, um, a scarlet out, which we're doing this, this weekend. It's just completely on another level than NFL. So way more enjoyable to go and be a part of that atmosphere. NFL. I'm like, okay to go to a bar and watch it. Yeah. And, and this is an interesting topic, especially for this season right now. And both where Michigan and Detroit, uh, stand and both where Tennessee and the Titans stand. And what I mean by that is Brandon, you know, right now what the Titans fan base is and it's already struggling and it's moving more corporate. Yeah. And so we are, we being Tennessee fan or Tennessee ends, we're moving more towards college is I think the pendulum swinging back to college in in uh, Tennessee, where both and in, in compare that with Tom, both the Lions and Michigan are both doing really well right now. But the fan base in Detroit for the Lions are way more hungry. Mm-hmm. If either of y'all want to comment on that, it's Tom, also you. That that's an or, old Brandon. Go ahead. That's an older fan base too. So they've got a lot of deep roots there. Uh, a lot of generations growing up watching, you know, a lot of disappointment through the years, but now there's hunger there for, you know, this team is, is good and they, they can win. So, I mean, even Tom, this, I think it's your first time getting season tickets this year. And yeah, it, it, you know, the, the Kool-Aid is, is being passed around all over Detroit. So, oh, it is. And and I think you nailed it, uh, Brandon. A disappointment 
years and years they haven't had a playoff win since 91 had one since 1957 so if there's a fan base that's starved i mean michigan's been michigan and and but this is a football town you know mm-hmm. they call it hockey town it's it's not i mean there's a there's a big push for the red wings but that the lions what they're doing right now this is something that i've i've never seen in my lifetime so um i think i think the lions it's very comparable to a college atmosphere in a sense with the tailgating and it starts at seven in the morning for a one o'clock kickoff and just everybody's i there's just so much pride and and it's very comparable to to a college atmosphere i i, I love it uh, and, and Tom, real quickly, through the through your lifetime as a Detroit fan, what's been the most or some of the most like where's the resentment level been towards the Lions? Like on a scale of one, like we just accept them, 10 being we're starting to resent them. Uh it's always been uh a love. They, they call them the lovable Leos for a reason. Uh, but the resentment came with ownership. Uh, Bill Bill Ford just kind of had a grip on on the franchise and and was always against cheerleaders, with just against any kind of like flashiness and marketability. So when he passed, uh, the mother or the wife took over and she ran it for a couple of years. Things changed a little bit, but now Sheila Hemp has it and she's she's all about listening to the fans. And changing the culture, and it starts with her. Um, but as far as resentment goes, there was always resentment to the Ford family, just because in the NFL we know TV contracts pay pay the players. So win, lose, or draw, the Lions are you know in the Silverdome they were still putting eighty thousand there. Um, the owners are going to make out hand over fist, so it, it didn't really affect their bottom line. So um, now it's it's just a whole different atmosphere. Um, and then I know this is our, this is our college show, but I just segued into this. Brandon, you're in Nashville. What do you think, real quick? Lovable to to resentment on the Titans, just one to ten. Um, we're we're closing in on seven or eight at this point with yeah. this whole new stadium situation and how you know allegedly the long time season ticket holder fan base that has built this what we have if you can even call it a, a big fan base but uh, it, it's we're kind of getting screwed like in this whole deal so i you know i jumped in in 04 um wasn't really an nfl fan just I, I was a players fan but you know titans were here it was fun to go to a game then we just got hardcore into it and you know, we were those tailgaters at 7 a.m. Uh, every game. And uh, I, I think I went like five or seven years without missing a single game. Um, but now it's – I don't know if I'm even going to make a game this year. And, you know, it's – a lot of that has to do with, you know, having a child and care and all that stuff, which changes everything. But also, I would try a little harder to make things work if one, we had a good product on the field and, uh, you know, I was a little more enthusiastic about it. So. Yeah. I don't have a child. Not, I haven't been to a game in, in, in a long time either, but speaking of stadiums and speaking of 
y'alls, you you guys being the Big Ten, new members, Oregon and Washington put on a show on late Saturday night. Um, Tom, you got it, game of the year. It definitely was in my book so far. Mm-hmm. Um, those two teams showed out, and the home team won by three. Takeaways, Tom, what did you think about this one? I uh, just a classic uh, back and forth, everything you want in a college football game, everything you want in a, a seven versus eight battle. The, the hype of both both squads were real. Um, Washington started out real fast. Oregon made made their their run and uh, I you know had the lead late in the fourth. but I think it comes down to, Mistakes that aren't learned from. And uh, Dan Lanning, similar fourth down play, last year cost him the game. Uh, It cost him the game again this year. And I, I always say it, don't be too cute. Don't be too cute because it's gonna it's going to burn you. And here's the fourth down play. And they just... It 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 cost them. Washington takes possession uh, in good field uh, territory, and uh, Michael Penix is is the 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 Heisman favorite for a reason, and and he showed well, it in this well, drive Tom, here. Tom, 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 now does the decision to go for it bother you more, or the play call to roll a right-handed quarterback to the left and throw in off your body? Or or both. Uh, I'm gonna go with both because you could have you could have pinned them deep with a punt, and you know they were gonna have to go the whole field. Uh, so there's one, and then number two, I, I am not a fan of rolling out. Period. I see a lot of quarterbacks rolling out, and I think that that uh refrains a lot of plays from being made because once you run out of real estate, you're screwed. And yeah, a right-handed quarterback rolling left, you're going to have to throw across your body. So, you know, it, it wasn't the right play. There should have been some sort of play action and he rolled maybe a bootleg. I'm, I'm old school. I love the, the, the play action bootleg. Everybody's collapsing in the middle and the outside's usually open. Uh, that was not the case in this call, play call. So I think both situations was probably wrong. Um, so, Brandon, I, w- I want your overall takes of the games, and then when you finish that, I, I have an analytics question for you. So what was your overall take of the game? Uh, it, it was a classic offensive battle. Um, you know, two two solid offensive teams, and I, I – I don't disagree with the fourth down play call. Like that didn't bother me at all. It was or to go for it, the choice to go for it. But the play call itself was horrendous. Um, and as being a Titans fan, we've seen a few of those this year already um, uh, on our end. But no, I mean your your off or your defense hasn't really done much to stop them. Like so, you go pin them down. It just wastes more time off the clock. Uh, I don't disagree with that play to go for it um, and try and try and get up there. But um, the play calls was not their best or not landing's best moment. So 
but overall, I mean, yeah, I agree. It, it's game of the year for me so far. And that's why we've, we've been saying, you know, for weeks that PAC 12 is the best conference right now. And yeah. we saw two of their, their top dogs, just hay haymakers back and forth. And so, so to my analytics question for both of you guys, and this is what always bothers me about analytics. Oh, if, if it's fourth and three, you have so-and-so percentage to get it based on the number of plays. But it doesn't calculate your team versus this team, right? And so, like, in your setup versus their setup, like, if you have a strong defensive end and you go for it fourth and three, you're not – your percentages change. And, like, mm-hmm. I get what the nationwide average is, but you have to coach your game. <laughs> not what the statistical things around the country is. Do y'all guys agree or disagree with that? I, I Yeah, go ahead, Brandon. I totally agree. It's it's 100% matchups. It has, yeah. Analytics, it's a you know a national baseline, I guess, that, that you can draw from, if you will. But it's all about matchups. I mean, you, you'll see teams that, you know, are an 18th-ranked team versus a 6th-ranked team or something, and – the matchups look good and in favor of an 18th ranked team, just the way they play ball and the athletes on the field. And you have to use that to your advantage, not analytics. I mean, I don't, I don't know about all that. You know, the whole statistical world of football has gone crazy in the last 10 years, but yeah, go ahead, Tom. I, I, to me, there's too much focus on analytics and, and, and some of these coaches, Literally, they'll they'll have a, a direct link to the analytics coach up in the box, and they'll tell them, you, yeah. you go for two, yeah, or you go for it on fourth here. But you're right, Robbie. I, I don't think it, they take into consideration who they're playing, and and the moment, um, uh, you're 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 up late in the fourth on the road, uh, you, you kick it. But analytics says go for it. I just. It, like I said, I'm old school in this. There's this newfangled way of 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 coaching and 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 things. I I just think it it it, it takes a lot of the game away. It, it, it's like it's a chess match. You kick it. You have faith yeah. in your 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 defense. Um, yeah, Washington. I think at that point had 29 points, which is pretty handled compared to other other games they've had high scoring so you you put the game in the defense's hands you pin them deep and then you know what if if they run down the field they earned it um but the analytics in this situation said go for it and um on the road i i think it's it's more of a challenge in that stadium yeah wrong it it, it reminds me of when teams uh fourth and one and they'll line up in a shotgun and hand mm-hmm. it off. And they're like, oh, that's statistically our best way to gain a yard. Well, yeah, it yeah. is because you run it on first down where everything's on the table. But if you're trying to get one yard, they're cra- like, that's not your best play. Like, you've turned a one-yard game into a six-yard get- play. And, like, that's just not smart. And you just outthink yourself. Mm-hmm. And I oh, think yeah. that's what Oregon did there. But analytics has taken over every sport. So – it's yeah. it's just um, I don't know I I don't like it 
I, it I, can't I, measure I, heart in the moment, like you said, and yeah, matchups, and that that's uh, what it boils down to. Yeah, and let's talk about heart. Let's talk about the Stanford Cardinal and everyone's favorite darling, who seems to have kind of fallen off a little bit. Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes. They were up twenty nine nothing at halftime, and for all you people, they're sitting there gambling live odds. If you're taking Stanford there, you're sitting pretty today. Um, just a collapse um, at home. Uh, and, you know, what happened, Tom? What happened? Well, uh, overconfidence. Uh, we have a very undisciplined locker room as came out after the game that Shador Sanders was on Instagram uh, uploading his merch links to his account so people could buy his merch with a 29 to nothing lead. Um, so who's in charge? This this is interesting to me because I always felt like Dion had good control of the locker room and was very cognizant of, of the players and how they're representing themselves. Having a kid on social media in a, in a halftime game, they thought it was Stanford and they could just coast in and do what they do what they would normally do and win. And clearly that's not the case. And this is a bad Stanford team. This is not a your, one in four Stanford team. Yeah, this is not uh, your 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 last decade Stanford team. This is a bad Stanford team. Yep. So the question now that I heard today was, you know, has he lost the locker room? And then on the flip side of this here, you have Travis Hunter who came back. He played 88 snaps on defense and 68 snaps on offense. You're killing your best player. You're killing your best player. You have to pick. You have to pick what position this kid's going to play, and that's going to determine you know how you're going to be successful. But um, they just don't have the depth, and we've talked uh, at length in this show about how it's it, they've got good guys at number one, but after that, they're very weak. It's a, it's a new program, 72 new players. So uh, I think it's a lot of things, but this is really who this team is. They came out of the shoot hot. They People got excited about them, but the reality is Vegas had them at three and a half over under for wins of the season, and and – they might not win another game. So I think this yeah, they haven't is really anyone who they yet, are. Really? No, now, this is who they are. So Tom, does Dion want Travis Hunter to be him too badly? I, I think he's trying to force too much out of him. I mean, he just came out of a, a lacerated liver, you know, less, a month ago. And you're, you're giving this kid a hundred and almost 150 snaps on, at night. You know, I just, in that altitude as well, I mean, it, it, not every kid is conditioned, no matter what, to, to be able to withstand those types of conditions. So I think he's he's asking too much out of the the few really good, talented kids that he really has. Yeah. And so, Brandon, I'm going to ask you what went wrong. I'm throwing another twist on you. Dion is complaining about playing so late at night so the East Coast doesn't see them play. I think that's... That's 
it, it, it's, it's moving on to this players being like, hey, this isn't an important game because no one can see us. What do you think? I don't disagree with that necessarily. Um, you know, Dion's all about marketing and his brand and, you know, putting that out there. And he's trying to do the same thing for the kids. So I get him saying that and, you know, kids probably buying in. Um, but you knew what you signed up for. You're on the West Coast, bro. Like, you're going to have these late games. Like, yeah. Uh, like, what is the complaint here? Uh, you know, what he should be complaining about is how his team got too cocky at halftime and let a terrible Stanford team just mm. beat the brakes off of them in the second half. I mean, just uncalled for. And again, it's a depth issue. It's a, it's a, a little bit of an ego. I think prime trying to stay in the prime light and he is pushing these kids because he doesn't have anybody else. He doesn't have any depth. He's like, Hey, you got to go back out there. Like, I mean, that's tough um, playing both ways. So I don't know. I, again, they were flashy and they were the big headline in the front, but I agree with Tom's point. This is kind of who they are defensively, not very good. And they can crumble quickly. So if, yeah. if it's a stock market, I'm saying you're you have to hold it for five years. Are you buying or are you not buying? No, I'd still buy. Yeah, I'm still buying. You're still I, buying? He's a good coach. Yeah. No, he's, Tom, he's a good coach. He's a he's a good Yeah, I'm he's he's a recruiter mastermind. And you're the right. reality is he wasn't given a whole lot of time to recruit outside of the transfer portal. So I think you give him two to three years. Mm -hmm. I, and like I've said it before, they're going to win a national championship within five years. I really believe that because people are going to want to play the number one quarterback in, in the country here in Detroit, Underwood. He's leaning to Colorado. And why is he going to Colorado? Because of Dion. He's, mm -hmm. he's right in Michigan's backyard and Michigan's the talk of the town, but he's leaning Colorado. So He's going to get the upper echelon kids because here's one thing that Dion's good at. He's a marketing just mastermind. So he kids are going to go there because they know they're going to get eyeballs on them. They're going to get great NIL deals while they're still available. <laughs> um, they're just going to get recognition. So I I'm I think that. Things will be much better come two to three years from now in Boulder. Fair point. I disagree with both of you guys. I would not buy any of this Colorado stock, but nonetheless. Um, all right. So the playoff picture, it, I'm not sure if it's getting muddier or if it's getting clearer. Um, there's only four spots. There's about eight to ten decent teams. There's not a great team this year, I don't think. Um, if you had to pick now, Tom, who are your four playoff teams? Uh, right now, I would say Ohio State, Washington. Washington. Um, I don't think Georgia is going to be in there because losing Brock Bowers yeah. is uh, 
a massive blow that side, really side, nobody. Side note: Does he play again this year? No, I don't. Why? Think Four to six weeks. There's no point. They're going to yeah, lose two games. Play again. They might lose two games in that stretch. There's just no point. He's won two national championships. He's the best tight end the last three years in football. He's going to be a top 10 NFL pick. There's no point. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see Florida State squeaking in there if they can get past um, uh, the ACC. That's a possibility. And then I, I, I hate to be biased, but I think Michigan's the best team in in the country, but we're going to find that out here in a couple weeks. So um, it pains me to say Florida State, but right now, just seeing how the pundits and the the, the talking heads just have an affinity for Florida State, I I, I, I can see them squeaking in. But um, um, if Ohio State keeps playing they, the way they do, whoever loses uh, the last Saturday in November, I think still have an opportunity. All right, Brandon, what do you think? Playoff predictions. Yeah. I mean, Ohio State, we've got to win this weekend. Obviously, this is this is you don't want to be third in the East um and have a chance in the playoffs. So we gotta take care of business this weekend. I think we do. Uh so I, I like um I like Ohio State in the fourth spot. I do uh, Michigan is the best team that I've seen. Um, day in and day out. I mean, they handle business. I know their schedule hasn't been the strongest, but they're still just dominating. So Michigan's my number one. It's hard not to throw an SEC team in there, but I just don't think Georgia's going to be there. So, like, then what do you do? Then you know what I'm saying? Like, Tennessee. Struggling there. Not with Joe Milton. Not with Milton. He's terrible. He he is not good. Well, sorry, Rodgers have been terrible this year. They've dropped yeah. a lot of balls. Well, they lost a lot. I mean, say what you will. They lost a lot with it. With um, no, they did. But it, a lot of talent you know, last year. All the good programs did. You know, sure. so everyone's dealing with hardship. But um, it's hard to not put an SEC team in there. But I see if Georgia goes down, I can see a Florida State over an SEC team if they win it out so uh, i'm i'm struggling between that right now i I definitely like washington ohio state michigan and i it's a toss-up to me between acc and sec right now like who who could slide in there so neither of you guys have texas or oklahoma Mm -mm. i don't i don't i think there's a lot of hype on oklahoma even as much as Dylan Gabriel being number two for the the Heisman, I don't, I don't, I'm not buying that either. Um, uh, I haven't seen enough. All right, so I, y'all have the exact same, different orders, the exact same. Um, I'm gonna go. I think Michigan's the best team I've seen all year, and then. I still think I still think the Pac-12, wherever they are, cannibalizes themselves. I think that's the best conference, but they're going to eat their own. I think each team ends with two losses, which doesn't mean they're not. They so two-loss team is very eligible this year. Yeah, um, it makes me. Oh. 
Y'all are going to call me homers, but here it goes. I think we're expecting it. (laughs) I got got UGA and Alabama. Both of them in the playoff? And I got Ohio State. I think this is this is just the Big Ten SEC takeover. I don't think I don't. Well, trust then you Florida know State. there's collusion if that's the case. <laughs> yeah, that's that's where I stand right now. <coughs> I, I keep betting against Ohio State. They keep showing me Michigan's impressive. Georgia has the easiest schedule. If Bama wins this weekend, um, they're sitting pretty for an SEC upset against Georgia, and they both get in. Yeah, this this entire conversation will change next week. Like, yeah. Yes. Well, it's it's fluid. Like like Stephen A. Smith said in his uh, A-list this week with the Lions being uh, number one in the NFL, this list is fluid. So, I mean, it's – No, it is fluid. I I don't know if it's possible they can get all four, but – The only way Bama gets in is if they run the table and win the SEC uh, because they're sitting at 11 right now. And I can see the committee throwing them in. Well, well. So this is my theory. What about if, LSU? If, if Georgia's undefeated and Alabama runs the table and they beat Georgia, how can you let? How can you keep a two-time defending champ out? No, I, one loss. I, I get that, but we're all hypothesizing Georgia's not going to be undefeated. Mm-mm. I don't. So, so, so y'all think they're going to lose lose in England? I think I do. Involved. I do. Um, I hope you, you took away you took away half their offense. Yeah, Brock Bowers yeah. is a security he, he was, belt. He was yeah, at least forty percent of their their plays. Mm-hmm. All right, so talking about a great player to great player, let's talk briefly about Heisman front runners, and then we've got some drama to talk about. So right now we've got um, Penix Jr. We've got Caleb Williams who. Kind of had a bad game. No, nope. we Bowers is now out. Um, who do it's you guys think? It, who, oh, it, Tom, it's, it, it's Penix number one. It's Dylan Gabriel and JJ McCarthy are tied at plus one thousand. Yeah, you have Those JJ for Heisman. Three. You think he's got a chance? I think he's got a great chance, and and it all depends on. How he performs, and it starts. There's 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 a there's a a four-game stretch here. Yes, Michigan State's not good at all, but it's a rivalry game, and we all know what happened eight years ago, almost to the day. Trouble with the snap that all the Sparties are all over Michigan Twitter about. Um, so he's got to perform in this game. Maryland on the road, he's got to perform in that game. Yeah, they're no slouch. Penn State on the road against arguably the top three defenses in the country, he's got to perform. And obviously here against Ohio State the last Saturday in November. So if he gets through those four games playing similar fashion that he did against Ohio State last year, I think it would be hard to not make him uh, a Heisman choice or a Heisman candidate, we'll say, um, because he's been consistent. Uh, he doesn't have the yardage, but he's also 
started running the ball a little bit more. He's he's added that to his game. So I think he's he's be, he's been very consistent. But there is a bit of a gap between him, Gabriel, which I'm not sure if Gabriel is even deserving of of the number two. Uh, but right now it's just Michael Penix because his is just what he's accomplished this year is is incredible. But Caleb Williams lost the Heisman last Saturday. Well, there, there's uh, there's no way you can recover from that. Well, that's when I, I was gonna, how bad did he look in real life? I saw him on TV, but how bad did he look in real life? Disheveled. Um, their offensive line is Swiss cheese, and Raj will probably tell you the same thing. He had no time. But the decision-making he had, it was just he was throwing the ball. He was missing receivers. He just he didn't look like he wanted to play. And there was actually video of him in the locker room of when um, the coach was – Lincoln Riley was talking. He's just standing there, just not paying any attention. So it, 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 he he completely lost the Heisman. Uh, you know, he's already got one. So, um, But, yeah, that, that was not a good look. Brandon, I'll so talk about JJ Michigan. Talk about Michael Penix. What about Drake Mayo or May at UNC? He's putting up huge numbers. They're twelfth in the country. Um, he's looking good too. I love Drake May. Drake May actually had better numbers than Caleb Williams last year and lost the Heisman to him. Uh, yeah, yeah. I love Drake May. You know, it's it's North Carolina, so it's not a sexy, you know, big mm-hmm. football team, whatever. Um, yeah, Drake. So after this last weekend, and we're going to transition into kind of the Caleb Williams story, but just everything that's been going on with him and has surrounded him and as big as his head is blowing up right now, he has completely lost all of my – you know, thought of how good of a player he is. Yeah, he's a great athlete, but what kind of person is he? And he's kind of showing colors right now. You know, one game normally you can take a punch on the face and bounce back, but just with all the extracurricular shit going on on top of that, it just it, it kind of it's very off-putting for me as far as a, if I was a voter. So uh, I've got him out of the top five. Uh, just on that basis, but um, I do. I love Penix. He's your front runner. Uh, and what about Bo Nix at Oregon too? You know, he's well, that head to head. Oh no! Now Bo Nix can come back and beat them on neutral side. Well, no, yeah. no Pac tens, Pac twelve. It's a home playoff game. Or yeah, so, so Bo Nix is in the mix. Obviously, Drake May and um, uh. Jordan Travis from Florida State. Now, if they happen to, yeah. you know, run the table and pull this out, like he's he's got to be in the conversation. Uh, McCarthy, I've got him at plus twenty two hundred. I don't know where the plus one thousand. Maybe I'm old news or something. But um, but he's been solid. I mean, he had one bad game this year so far. I think he threw a couple interceptions or or something of that nature. But like I said, I mean, yeah. You, you can bounce back from that. He, he has added a little bit of yardage in the run game to his dynamics. So he's a solid quarterback. Uh, he, you know, Michigan blows everybody out and wins out. I could definitely see him being, you know, probably second or third in the Heisman finish. Um, 
Yeah, I put Penix in, in May, morning two. Here's um, May right here. So, guys, this is something that uh, I really want to talk about. And because this seems like a train wreck that is not getting off the tracks, and that's Caleb Williams. Um, he has previously said he may not come out if he doesn't like who he's playing for. He's not going to sign unless he has ownership of a team. Um, I'll give my thoughts after I hear y'all's thoughts. Uh, Brandon, I mean, this is a guy coming into – there is one league – and there are 32 owners. What do you make about his strategy, if there is any? So, I think you said it best on one of our text chains. He needs to fire everyone around him that he's mm-hmm. that's talking to him or is in his ear. Uh, the kid is talented, no doubt. But talent's only going to get you so far. you got to be a leader. You, you've got to – there's so many other characteristics and qualities that go into being an NFL quarterback, not just talent. Um, and the, it, he almost seems like a punk kid right now, like trying to call his shots, like, mm-hmm. you're going to give me this, I'm entitled to this, blah, blah. Like, who – where did we – how did we get here? Like, it is a privilege to play in the NFL. Like, what in the hell is going on to even think you have the right – to say any of this stuff. Like, I don't care if you want a Heisman or you're, you're the second or in the race again. Like, you can't just go throwing demands out like that. Trust me. If you look at statistics, drafting a you know, first-round quarterback doesn't really bode well for NFL owners no. right out the bat, you know. so to Ask to Carolina up, how they feel about Bryce Young. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, to give up ownership stake, like, this is a completely different game. Like, he is out in space somewhere, and he needs to fire everyone around him. I don't know what the hell's going on, but he's ruining his potential career in the NFL at this point. He needs to shut up and, you know, show on the field what he's got and, you know, let his agent do the talking or get a new agent, somebody better. Uh, this 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 reminded me of the oldest was it Lonzo or whatever ball kid it was. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Tom, what do you think about this? Like, I mean, it, it 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 not only is it preposterous, it's just really stupid. Well, let me let me start by saying it's not confirmed whether this is a request to his or not. But the news did break this week that one of the stipulations is he wants. Uh, a certain percentage of ownership. First off, uh, there isn't one player currently in the NFL that has a stake with the team that they play for. Number two, there never will be a, a current or future NFL player that will hold any type of ownership stake because when you allow that, now you're dictating your future as a player on that team, you're going to dictate whether you play. Hey, I'm it's going to play. Money. Yep. I'm, I'm getting this contract. I don't have to negotiate it because I'm owner. So that's a really slippery slope. But my, my theory as to why this might be the case is 
he might be scaring off potential suitors early on that he doesn't want to play for. Because like you said, Robbie, he's made it known that um, he may come back for, for his senior year. And the reason being, he doesn't want to play for a garbage team. So, uh, which therein lies is a problem. Now you're test tech or you're, you're, you're questioning his character as a, as a, as a player, as a teammate. So that's a problem. So ironically enough, this news breaks the week after he has the worst game of his, of his football career, high school included. So um, not a good look. I hope that isn't the case. And like Brandon said, if, if he's, got a team around him that is encouraging him to talk this way, they have to be fired. Um, yeah. I just want to, one of a favorite lyric of mine. If you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. Amen. Hey, Caleb Williams, you may think you're good. You may think you're the next coming. Hey, ask these 32, or no, ask Colin Kaepernick. What happens when these 32 Owners say, "No, we're not playing this game." No, no, you, you. Oh, we want ownership. I'm going to lower my draft status, get to a better team. No, no, no. They will not play with you. You will be out of the league. They do not care. They're not giving up ownership. They will blackball you. You are, you are a fraction of their money. You, they don't care. Like so, yeah, no. So you better fall in line. And hey, kid. Get your money. You're going to make a fortune in the NFL. You will make generational wealth. Do not rock the boat. And, and hey, I'm all about rocking the boat, but at the same time, know your place. And these, it, it's a small window. I mean, imagine if someone came to you, Brandon, and was like, hey, I'm only going to do this brickwork if I have ownership of your company. No, yeah. see ya. You know, like you know how many other bricklayers I could yeah, find? Right. The same exact point. Yeah. Um, yes. It's for yeah. for cheap. <laughs> yeah. So it's like it's like do not overplay your hand. Like, I know you're good, but I'll deal with the headache later. Like, yeah, yeah. So I mean, this guy needs to yeah, like I said on text, fire everyone around him, rethink what you're doing. Hey, the Lions sucked for a decade. Now they're uh at least a third favorite to get to the Super Bowl. NFL is meant to change things. Like, I I, I really do. Uh, don't know the kid. Never met the kid. Don't, don't even have an interest in the kid. But I hope he gets some a good advisors on his shoulders because he could mess this whole thing up. Mm-hmm. Yes, he can. He needs some better advisors. That's 100% yep. true. Yep. He needs somebody in his ear being like, look, just – Chill out, dude. You're already a number one draft pick, if not, you know, top five. Yeah. Not not yeah. even the Haslams <laughs> gave up ownership to Deshaun Watson and they gave him the first guaranteed contract of all time. They're not that's even what I'm saying. now, like everyone that's all these contracts are about is guaranteed money. Guaranteed money. Well, and, and two you can't it, change it. Yeah. Yeah. And and another thing, like CJ Stroud in Houston. He got all his money up for his whole four-year deal, yeah, paid in yeah. full up front. So Which there's things that that, that are going to change. That's crazy. Yeah. So our, our future draft picks going to look at that. So we'll see. But Speaking of money, cue it. 
It's time for Bet Your Nuts. Yeah, buddy. All right, boys and girls. Tom, do you have how we did last week? Give it up there. I don't. I don't. Um, I think I'll I have to put it on. I'd have to put it on socials. Yeah, you you did good. I think we were neck and neck for the most um, part. All right. Well, first on our agenda, Penn State at the Horseshoe, the Buckeyes minus four and a half. Brandon Chain, we're starting with you. And we're gonna follow your lead. Oh man. I am nervous. This is outside of Notre Dame, which was a pretty big test for us early on, but I did see a lot of good things out of that game. Um, I think we've gotten better since then. Uh, Penn State, again, hasn't really played anyone yet that I've been overly impressed with um, that could actually give them a fight. So I'm nervous about this game, but I I have to be biased here. Uh, I'm taking us. Tom Sloan. Yeah, I this game uh, intrigues me. Um, it's a noon kick, so that kind of neutralizes a lot of things. Damn Big Ten, why do they do That's this? Stupid. Why yeah. is this not a night game? This this yeah. game this should be the you know the primetime game. Um, Michigan Michigan State should be at noon, but I, I'm actually happy it's at seven thirty. Speakeasy is going to have a packed house, but. Um, no, I, I just think a noon kick neutralizes. I don't think you, you have an advantage either way. Um, ask Notre Dame about uh, a, a, a primetime kick against Ohio State. But um, this game's uh, close, I think, through three, three and a half quarters. And uh, I, I just think Ohio State has a little bit better offense. And McCord, is, he's he's put it together. He's played well on a stretch. Um They've got to get their running game going, and I'm not sure if this is the week that that it happens because Penn State's got a really good defense. But um, that four and a half is really interesting. Uh, but I think I think Ohio State can cover it. I think they can get a late late uh, touchdown to Stover or Ibuka. Uh, um, so I think they're I think they're going to key on Marvin Harrison, and I and I've been a firm believer that there's more to the story with Marvin Harrison. He hasn't looked um, as advertised this year. I think I think there's other issues health wise, but um, I'll take Ohio State to cover that. I, I can see it being a touchdown or a six point game. James Franklin built his reputation. Back to James Butch, James Franklin Butch Jones to Tennessee. Yeah. Butch Jones sucks. James Franklin loses all these big games yeah. at home in the horseshoe. Give me Ohio State. I'd even tease this up to eleven. Ohio State's going to blow them out. This is. I, hope right. I was trying to be conservative, and <laughs> James Franklin <laughs> chokes in all these games. Yeah. That's what I really wanted to say in my head, but you know, yeah. I'm just a local. James buyer. Franklin has this game, has this job because. Tennessee and Florida sucked athletic departments. All right, next. From Brandon's heart to my heart, UT at Alabama. Alabama, this has been fluctuating nine and a half, eight and a half. I think it's at nine as we stand here today. That's what we're betting it as, as nine points. 
Tom, what do you got? I like Bama here. I I have no faith in Joe Milton. Uh, if anyone's watched this show previously, How did we you cut know off? you know my disdain for Joe Milton uh, because he played here in Ann Arbor. Control, <laughs> um, cut his mic, cut the mic, cut the mic. I have the power. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think this is a game where Alabama's defense comes to play. Uh, it's it's a retribu- retribution game as you experienced last year. Um, so I think Alabama has had this game marked on their calendar for 365 days or whatever the number is at this point. So uh, Joe, Joe uh, Milton will not be able to have time to throw in Florida showed that if you put pressure on Milton, he will make really questionable decisions. So uh, even though Milrow is not that good of a quarterback, I think this is a defensive game. Turnovers, turnovers, pick six, uh, scoop and score. Give me the Bama roll tide. Brandon, tell him how dumb he is. Man, that was pretty convincing, Tom. Pretty <laughs> convincing. Um, I'm on the fence here, guys. I think I see this game playing out. Bama's secondary is not so great. Um, their their front's pretty good. But their run game has started to come to as of late. So I think Bama kind of dominates the clock here. I think they they run the ball really well on Tennessee. Um, keep it out of Melrose hands as much as possible. That's their weakness. But if Milton can make a couple of accurate passes, I think they can get some chunk plays that that surprise here. I think Tennessee covers. I think Bama wins. There we go. I have no faith in Joe Milton. If you haven't heard, hey, hey, everyone, listen, everyone. If you watch the film back, there was a lot of all right, either offensive line missed blocks or there were a lot of drop passes by the receivers. He did throw some pretty accurate passes last week, so there, there's a glimmer of hope there. Everyone has. They were in Knoxville. (laughs) I wasn't. I was watching on TV. Hey, it's been 365 days. Nick Saban has studied Josh Heupel's offense. And it's been 365 days since Heupel studied Nick Saban's defense and Kirby Smart's defense. I'll tell you what. I don't love the quarterback situation, but I love our running game and I love our pass rush. I think these wide receiver screens, a couple open passes, Tennessee covers... I'll have my cigar ready just in case. <laughs> um, moving on next to now Tom's neck of the woods, Michigan in East Lansing plus 24 and a half big number in a rivalry game. Uh, Brandon, we'll start with you. It's a big number in a rivalry game, but it's also this year's Michigan state and they are atrocious. Um, Michigan rolls here. This is this is a no sweat game for them. I think I think they get up early and it just kind of shuts them down. So give me Michigan. 
Um, I'll go with Tom for last. I agree. I think Michigan's the best team in the country. And I'm not sure what the hell is going on in East Lansing. Um, oh, and this yeah. may be just a bloodbath. I'm going Michigan also, minus 24 and a half. Tom? Yeah, this is, um, as I stated earlier, it's a rivalry that you just never know what team's going to show up. And in the past, some not so good Spartan teams have showed up and, and, and pulled out the win eight years ago. Um, two years ago, uh, Michigan dominated in East Lansing and, and found a way to lose some questionable calls, but we won't go there. But this is a program that is absolutely in the tank. Who's their head coach? Nobody knows. Uh, they're they're holding on to hope of of the thought that they saw Urban Meyer in East Lansing two weeks ago, which it, I, I I can't imagine that happening. He said he's Mich- not one to coach. No, um, Mich- Michigan's defense week by week has gotten better and better. Specifically, the front defense. I think uh, Noah Kim or whoever they throw out there. There's a there's a freshman kid that's been playing. Um, he's going to be running for their life. And this is a primetime game. Uh, there's been a lot of lot of smack talk back and forth. This is the game for Michigan to really prove their superiority. Um, 24 and a half. This is, this is a 30, 32-point game, Michigan all the way. All right, we're all on the same page there. All right, so next, Utah at USC. USC laying seven. If you can hear the tone of my voice, I'm surprised. Brandon? Utah all day. I'll keep it short. (laughs) Give me Utah. You giving me points? I would take Utah minus seven. Mm -hmm. Tom? Yeah, I I think not only Utah covers, I think they win this game. I think the hearts were absolutely ripped out of the chest last week in South Bend. Um, yeah, th- th- this is this is the most woe line I've seen all week. Like, whoa. How how you can give them that line a week after they've had their worst game in probably five years? Definitely the worst game in the Lincoln Riley era. Right. Um, no defense, offensive line is putrid. Y- Utah's going to win this game. Duke at FSU. Tom. Oh, oh the spread is minus, FSU Mi- minus fourteen and a half. Minus fourteen and a half. Um. We talked about Drake May early earlier. He's a hell of a quarterback. And if if not for better quarterback play, Florida State probably loses to Boston College. And um the next week, I forgot who they played. The next week it was the same same uh song and dance. They they squeaked by. Um the Florida State's gonna win this game, but 14 and a half against a team that has a an NFL ready quarterback. No, I can see it being maybe a touchdown or, or less. So give me Duke, uh, Duke to cover here. Brandon? I'm sorry. I I am thinking of the wrong person. Oh, we're I, not, we're not I, even calling you. I'm sorry. Why am I thinking North episode. Carolina? No, I, we I'm, don't know what you're talking about. I'm retracting Florida State. Florida State. I'm I'm yeah. thinking of the wrong the wrong school here. I'm I starting friends. to heat up, man. I like Florida State winners. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Florida State. Yeah, don't don't worry. That's the that's wow. the North Carolina baby blue. Yeah, come oh, on. Man. I don't know what I'm thinking, man. So you got it's been, it's been a rough week. 
Lincoln's you know been I'm on a take, whole nother level. I'm, I'm taking oh. I'm taking Duke, especially they get Drake May as their quarterback. Yeah, I I apologize. <laughs> the last the last minute and a half of programming has once, been, once, has once been we, subpar. Once we transport court, come on, North Carolina Triangle, the research oh. triangle teams, we're good. Here's the here's I, the emoji. <laughs> Florida State. Give me hey, Florida hey, State. we have we have certain classics on the show, and that that's another one to add to it. Um, all right, so this is the last one. We'll let Tom start with this because he'll mix and match ACC teams. Uh, Clemson at Miami. Miami plus three. Clemson. All right, Clemson. Clemson minus three. Brandon. Clemson's garbage. Give me the U. Am I a plus three? Uh, well, I think Drake May is going to play quarterback for Miami. So I'm just Miami too. How many hours between the games do we got? <laughs> do we have like six hours where you can get on a plane and transfer? Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, 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 what do you know about the ACC? I know Drake May plays quarterback for everyone. <laughs> Uh, all right, boys. Great college show. Um, final thoughts on. Thanks for listening to another episode of Reckless Speculation. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. Boy, I'm really, I'm really uh, batting a thousand today, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, all right, boys. Final thoughts. Uh, this, this, this podcast for our fans will. Launch right after showing, right? We're well, live. It's live. it's live right now. Oh, it's oh. live. Right we're live on this one. Yeah, the oh, NFL okay. show will be released tomorrow. Okay, yeah. So we uh all right. So yeah, thanks for watching. Uh final thoughts, Tom, for you, besides where Drake May place. <laughs> well, final thoughts or final words. I'm bad. I'm terrible. <laughs> I had a horrible day today. Um no, but it's rivalry week here in Michigan, and and it's always fun to see all the banter back and forth. Uh, like I said earlier, Michigan Michigan State Twitter has been on fire. You, you've got all the Sparties bringing up the past, as they normally do. And uh, Michigan fans are, are bringing up the fact that it, Michigan State's a, a basketball school. So it's always fun, fun bantering. Um, the speakeasy, we're having a Michigan-Michigan State party, so there'll be some Sparties in the house. And... Uh, some fun little um, uh, uh, bragging rights will be had. So uh, I'll, I'll speak on that next week, uh, hopefully after a Michigan win. But uh, rivalry week's always fun. And, and, and it's same can be said for uh, against Ohio State. That week's always fun, the anticipation. Um, it's always uh, huge, and it, it makes the game that much more fun to watch. So outside of me being absolutely horrible today, which I apologize, uh, go Blue. Um, yeah, I'll go. So my final thoughts are uh, just the evolution of the show and the evolution of the time frame, I guess. Um, I'll text my friends, hey, I'm out of pocket uh, for the next two hours. I'm doing reckless speculation. And they say, oh, you're still doing that. And I'm like, well, yeah, one, watch. And two, yeah, we're still doing it. And we're going to keep doing it. We enjoy doing it. And this is fun for us and we appreciate everyone that watches 
and we do it for people that watch. We do it for ourselves too. And so, yeah, anytime you want to comment, anything you want to hear, good, bad, or the ugly, uh, we welcome it. But yeah, we're just guys having fun talking sports. And thanks to anyone that watches and uh, subscribes, and we do appreciate it. And uh, yeah, and we're gonna keep doing it because we're having fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, until Tom knows who Drake May plays for, then we will go. No, this this is what makes it authentic. You know, we all <laughs> screw up and we all say things. It's just funny. It's just we're human, you know. Yeah. Can't be uh, statisticians and analytics the whole time. You know, got to have a little bit of a breeze. Especially when Raj isn't here. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was, yeah. It was, no, dude, you did you did great. That's we all. That's an easy mistake. I actually thought I had to double check. I was like, "Does Drake make play for Duke? Did I get this right?" Don't ask me where I came up with that. No, no one's ever confident enough to correct in real time. We're like, wait, maybe I'm wrong. I'm like looking it up real quick, making sure that uh, he still mm. plays for North Carolina. But no, um, big game for us this week. Uh, big game for everyone, I guess, except. Michigan, who's steamrolling everyone. Um, but, yeah, hope, if, if we look good in this game and we we win pretty convincingly, I feel really good about going to the big house. So, um, we'll see. You, you're you're potentially looking at number one, number two being from the Big Ten. So. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. Good show, boys. All right. Thank you for watching, everyone. Uh, and uh, this will be this is live apparently. Yeah. So this is good. We're about to record our NFL show. So look for that. It's same tomorrow. Well, yeah, it's gonna be dropped. It'll tomorrow. be released tomorrow at at um, seven p.m. Yes, seven p.m. tomorrow. All right. Thank you guys for watching. Thanks for listening to another episode of Reckless Speculation. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube searching Reckless Speculation. Catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to catching you right here next week with another exciting episode of Reckless Speculation. Cheers.